Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, friends. Welcome this week on Back Chat. I may have a new favorite episode. I know that's big. We've done a few of these, but this one's an absolute ripper. Ashton Agar, my, definitely my new favorite cricketer, but certainly up there with my, one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, he's a great storyteller. We, we talk about cricket, but life. He's got, uh, I think he looks at things a little bit differently to others. Um, I, I just found it a, a really engaging podcast to be a part of. And one, I felt really privileged uh, to, ha- to have a chat with Ashton, um, talking about uh, the ups, the downs, and everything in between of international cricket. His time with the Perth Scorchers, of course, this podcast, a part of our great alignment with the Perth Scorchers ahead of the BBL this season. Hope you enjoy it. I certainly did. Uh, make sure you subscribe to us as a podcast on your listening platforms and on YouTube with Backchat Studios. Enjoy it. Well, I have a little bit of excitement. Back chat powered by Fleet Network. And when I say a little bit, I mean a, a, yeah, fair a whole bit. lot. Yeah, a fair bit. Ashton mm. Agar joins us on the show. How are you, mate? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Um, Scorchers and back chat doing some exciting things this year, Daniel. Scorching things. Oh, wow. Boy. Can we write that down? Someone write that down. Thank <laughs> That's you. That's early. Um, it is early, but we're just getting started, mate. Um, excited to have you on the podcast. We. We start every episode. I know you're probably a big Backchat fan, just in case you're not. Every episode, the guests get the same question. Now, we know you've done great things on the cricket field. You're a great mm-hmm. cricketer. You, you may be one of the most well-credentialed cricketers we've had on the podcast. Uh, played in Ashes, played in England, won uh, 2020s World Cups, won Scorchers, uh, championships. You've you, you've done a lot. You almost made 100 in tests. Uh mm-hmm. 98 more runs than Dan and I have made at the level. We know you're a good cricketer, but we want to know your greatest sporting achievement not on the cricket field. All right, We've seen everything you can do as a cricketer. Dan here Mm. is a man of many talents. I think – I'm not sure which one to tell you. There's probably a couple. Tell him the cricket one. Oh, the cricket one. Um, Bowled five (laughs) for 16 in a grand final. Um, Yeah. That's good. Leggies, uh, under, under 12s. Leggies. Leggies, yeah. Under 12s. Cool. I can picture the leggies as well, the under 12s. You know, they loop too high and the batters literally can't hit them, so yeah. they just get out. I, I would come to Dan's defense, and I did see him roll his arm over a little while ago. He's got quite a good technique, mm. so don't attack him too much. Not a much. lot of movement, but the ball spins, but it just doesn't really. 
I'll, but you were better when you were 11. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's I, right. I was the under nine state hurdle champion, 80 meter hurdle oh champion. So like we're talking sort of high caliber. We've had yeah. pigeon trainers. We've had uh, we've had poker players. We've had high jumpers. Skateboard. We've had, we've had skaters. Mm. What have you got? Uh, I won a, uh, I don't know, nothing too funny to be honest, guys. I was I won a baseball grand final first year. I played baseball. That was nice. Did so say you were a baseballer. Awesome. Yeah, I think I was 15 um, and I stopped playing footy. I love playing footy because I grew up in Melbourne. And yes. You know, footy's everything there in the winter. You're a Victorian. We love it. Exactly. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, and um, <laughs> everyone grew really fast. And I was playing on these guys and I was like, I hadn't grown yet. <laughs> and I was just sick of getting thumped. And like, I was pretty skillful, but like I didn't have the body to match. Wow. And I was sort of like a fat little skillful kid. So, and I just couldn't get out of the way of these guys and they jump over you or knock you around. I was like, I've had enough of this. <laughs> um, I want to do something that's actually enjoyable rather yeah. than rocking up on a Sunday, getting murdered. So um, played baseball, went to Cheltenham um, Baseball Club. And we had a really good team. A couple guys, I think one guy actually played in the major leagues, like a couple of games. Wow. Um, yep, yep. Left arm pitcher. What were you? I was first base and I played a little bit of right field as well. Oh. Um, it was, yeah, really, because you're. A, I'm a lefty, so you throw across the diamond at first base. So you don't have to throw inside out. You throw across your body. Um, right. which makes it easier. So you can fizz them in there. You can fizz them in a little bit more and basically you just you just catch them when they throw them to you at that level. And you just try and belt the ball as far as you can. Like greatest game to play. So much fun. Like some of the most fun I've had playing sport and we won that first year. So that was that, That's great. That was decent. I reckon first baseball. First baseball, yeah. I yeah. think you got the title there. Do you, awesome do, you, sport. do you call it a pennant in baseball like at all levels or is that only major league? Oh, I've actually – I didn't even know that was a thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think it's a thing. Yeah. But we just won. Very good. Yeah, <laughs> Great. Um, so it was it was really fun. Nice. Yeah. You, you beat me to the chase a little bit. You were born in Victoria. Yep. You're a Victorian St Kilda fan. Yeah, St Kilda fan. Still a St Kilda fan? Still a St Kilda fan. Yeah. How, how's that time been over the last little while? Well, it's looking on the up. I thought, you know, we were good this year. It was nice Ross to Lyon. watch. Ross the boss? Yeah, Ross the boss. I mean, a nice sort of list coming up together, like some exciting players. But um, I don't know. It was a bit faster, yeah. a bit more exciting, like good to watch this year, I thought. There's um, some hope. I think yeah. so. Yeah, I there, agree. There's certainly been times where there hasn't been any. Um, <laughs> But yeah, good memories. Like we, I grew up in Bentley, right near Moorabbin. Right. So um, we'd walk there and watch training sometimes. And Grant Thomas a couple of times let us just kick balls out down to the players while they were taking pot shots at the goals. Really? And that was when it was like Fraser Garrick, um, yes. oh my Nick Rewalt, Stephen Milne, like golden yeah, years, golden yeah. times and we loved it so, so you just roll up and, and grant thomas like, come boys come kick him out or he just like we were just behind the goals one day and would run and get the ball and throw him back into the guy booting him out um and i think we might have like me and my brother and well my two brothers might have kicked a couple back over the fence and he saw we could kick a ball and right. i was like oh, i just kick a couple out right uh, more hands on deck so that's unreal it worked that's yeah. great memories it was really good memories what was what was life like growing up for really good yeah. really good um two younger brothers we love sport um we played everything but particularly footy and cricket um so in the summer it was go to school um come home play cricket until it got too dark to see the ball um or someone broke a window or um, one <laughs> of us hit the other brother and it was it was it was on 
Um, and that then still mum, happens as well. It does, yeah, it does, <laughs> just with cricket balls now. Um, and then inside, get your homework done, repeat, you know. Like I was really, like I've got great parents, um, really close family, um, super supportive. Um, but it was always, yeah, get get your school done and do what you like with your sport. Mm. Um, no pressure, all fun. And I had two brothers to play with all the time. So yeah, it was cricket in the um, summer and footy in the winter and we'd do that every day. Mum Sri Lankan? Mum Sri Lankan, yeah. She was great heritage. Nice heritage, I think. Yeah, you know, like it, um, it's given me some loose joints, which is good and bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's given me two shoulder recos, um, but uh, Thanks, some extra mobility, I think, and maybe some help in the spin bowling department and a bit of colour. Yeah, she's always nice. Like that. What? Yeah. Who was? Who was the most competitive brother? Who's the best brother? You got to ask. You grow up in yeah, a tough family questions. brothers. Yeah, uh, no, no, I love my brothers. Like we're all best mates. Like we're seriously, we are best mates. That's um, fine. That's fine. It's the best. <laughs> I know. Fine. I know. You want to know who's <laughs> best brother? Oh, they're so different, mate. To be honest, um, Will and Wes. Like Wes, youngest, uh, big rooster. Like just. Like he is the life of the party, mate. Like beautiful looking man, six foot five. Wow. Good hair, you know, dressed beautifully all the time, like loves it. Wow. Will is um the middle brother. And Wes is like, you know, gun at his sport, not the best at school. Like emotionally in- emotional intelligence, like through the roof. <laughs> and the books no, not so much. Um I would try and help him with his homework and stuff. And and oh, this this is pretty funny. He yeah. um remember one Year eight, I think he was in. I was trying to help him with his maths homework, and because he, he was really battling with it, it just wasn't his thing. And I'd run him through his like the whole thing, and he'd be going, "I'd be going, like, this is how you do it." And he goes, "Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> and, it, and I'm going, and then you do this. He goes, "Got it, yeah." And I go, "All right, do it, mate." And he goes, "Nah." <laughs> <laughs> so that's where's like, yeah, he loves his mates, loves his family and stuff, loves his sport. And then Will, um, just uh, just an all-round intelligent, wise, like, he's, you know, he's still my younger brother, but I look up to him for sure. Um, super smart, very good cricketer, uh, left hand, like, very nice technical opening batsman. Played first grade cricket in Melbourne and stuff, just didn't get the same opportunities probably that me and Wes got in the pathway stuff. Yes. But, um, no, he's great. He's he will end up doing very well, but um, An yeah, artist, gun artist, amazing painter, mm. right? Um, super creative brain. It's it's really special. Knows a lot about that stuff, and he's just genuinely interested in it. So I call him all the time because I'm interested in that stuff as well. But when I just want to hear something new or learn something, um, I call him, and we have these crazy chats that spiral off into all different directions, and it's it's really nice. You're reminding me of Tom Brass. I don't know if you're getting Tom yeah, Brass. Yeah, a bit vibes. of TV vibes. Yeah, man. I've only met him a couple of times. Right. Yeah, he's good. Like he's you're in guy. the same sort of areas. I can let you know right now. One of my <laughs> nice. best mates, Tommy. So that's, I mean, I think that's good company. So you grow up, competitive brothers, sporting family. Yeah. Um, and you speak about the footy and the baseball, but, but is cricket your thing growing up? And it's, yep. and it's, do you, do you, when you're a kid and you're growing up, are you looking at it, well, I can play, I can play cricket for a living like you do now, or is it just, is sport just fun or is there a time that it changes? I think forever I wanted to play for Australia. Mm. I think uh, a lot of kids want to do that. And, um, you know, we had all the all the tops and would watch day-night games and would occasionally go to day-night day games at the MCG and see the white ball bounce around and it was like the, the greatest thing ever. 
remember the first test match I went to at the MCG and Saywag made 195 and like he's my favourite cricketer, I think. One of my favourite cricketers of all time, like for the way he went about it. But good memories. And then we'd like I said, we'd go in the backyard or front yard, wherever it was we could play and just do that. So um, that's what I wanted to do. Always, always wanted to play for Australia. I wanted to be an opening batter um, and open the batting at the MCG. You know, that was my thing um, that I wanted to do. But um, Have you ever done that? I did be- once, man. I did. Yeah, and it was really cool. Wow. Um, last year or the year before, I opened the batting in these few games in T20s against Sri Lanka, and I got to open at the G. That's and good. I was like, that's the least nervous I've ever been batting because that was the real moment where – uh, it was like a real um, childish sort of playful moment where I was like, I was fulfilling a real dream like that. That was something yeah. I really wanted to do and I got the chance to do it and gee, they whizzed a few balls around my head and it was pretty tough work. You know, <laughs> I scratched around, I think, to 20-something, off about 20-something balls. So it was nothing <laughs> too exciting, um, but um, the feeling of doing that, pretty special. If you, like, polled every kid growing up, you always get the question – what do you want to be when you grow up? And if yeah. you gave the answer, I want to be an Australian cricketer, I want to open the batting at the MCG, all kids give those answers right. Not many get to actually do it. It gave me no. like little tingles just then mm, when, when you are Super like, special. Mm. Um, and it's a weird thing. I find this hard to articulate, but um, I never thought that I wouldn't do it. Like I always believed that it was possible. Uh, and I think it's just sort of how we were brought up. Um my mum and dad always instilled in us that if you work hard enough and you give it a real crack, like you can absolutely do it. And it's not about, oh, you can do whatever you want, mate. Like you go, for, you know, it's not that sort of thing. It's like, no, if you put your mind to it and you, you give it a good chance um, or you give it a good crack, you work hard enough, it can happen. And I just always thought that it could happen. And then it, it sort of did. Um but, you know, if, I, if I, cricket didn't work out, I had stress fractures when I was in year 12 in my back and um, I decided then I was like, oh, well, if cricket doesn't work out, I want to be a lawyer. I wanted to be a um, criminal defence lawyer like Hollywood. Mate, mate. Yeah, you and me go. both. Yeah, I, that's talking. what I wanted to do, you know. And, uh, yeah, got into law. Um, I think it was pretty impressive when I met Maddie the first time that I said, oh, you know, I'm studying law. So it's your wife, just, Maddie. Yeah, my wife. And it was pretty fraudulent because it had been <laughs> deferred as I'd moved away. <laughs> Turns out she was also studying law. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> You've tried, well. yeah. you tried to flex on her. Yeah. She's like, oh, it's what you need to do. I'm oh, no she, idea. Yeah, so. I was at like, you know, I'd deferred it. I was at um, Deakin <laughs> Union, Melbourne. She was, you know, doing – Juris doctor at UWR. I was like, fantastic. Yeah, great. Enough of that. You can do that. <laughs> I was a cricketer. So she's the lawyer now. There's no chance I'm going to do that. Oh, that's very good. Yeah. Uh, you moved to WA, as you said, you grew up in Victoria, 2012-13. Was that sort of a calculated decision or opportunity-based? Opportunity. Mm. Um, I just got a call one day when I was up at the academy in Brisbane, Um we were up there for like Aussie under 19 stuff and there were a few like talent scouts come up there and they watch training. And I remember I was with Bangers, Ash Turner, um, Harry Conway, a couple of other guys. We were all in the same Aussie under 19s team right. and we were just having dinner at one of the pubs, I'm pretty sure. We were all basically tucking into a palmy and having a good time. Right. 
and this 08 number came up and I'd never seen an 08 number before. And <laughs> I had, I was like, what the hell is this? And I wasn't going to pick it up. And, uh, Ash and Bang is like, oh, that's a Western Australian number. I was like, that's pretty weird. I'll just answer it. Answered it. And, um, it was WA calling to offer me a contract and they like offered it to me on the phone right. that night. And to be honest, I didn't, didn't know how any of that stuff worked because I just played cricket. Um, yes with the hope of playing professionally one day, but I didn't really know how you get a contract, how it all happens, how the offer happens. So I got offered that contract, um, called mum and dad, and I was like, I've got to go, you know, straight away like that. Um, Do you have a manager at this point? I didn't, nah, nah. Right. That's a classic. Um, He's done the deal over the phone. (laughs) Yeah, over the phone. (laughs) Can I take this chicken parmy back? I want a steak. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, a bottle of wine. (laughs) Didn't even drink wine at that stage. (laughs) A bottle of wine. (laughs) Um, some warm Shiraz would have come out. Uh, <laughs> yuck. Um, and they sort of said, all right, slow down. You know, let's think about this, you know, speak to Victoria. And we, we did speak to Victoria and they offered me a contract as well. Um, but to be honest, there was more opportunity to play in Western Australia. Victoria had a lot of spinners like John Holland, Farwood Ahmed, uh, Cameron White was still bowling a lot of the time, Glenn Maxwell, all of these guys. Whereas um, Western Australia had Michael Beer, but then no one else. Um, and I always felt like I offered something a bit different um, to Beery, where he was, he was a gun bowler, but he didn't really bat or field, where I sort of backed myself in those three disciplines. Um, and I'd never been to Perth uh, before, but then so the first time I came to Perth was when I packed my bags and, and moved, wow. and it's, um, it's the best decision I've made. You know, I, I love it here. It's home now. Yeah. Well, that WA cricket family and and across all formats have been so successful especially over this last little bit but forever as long as i've been here it has been and you come over as a victorian do do you do you get adopted you mentioned a couple of those players Mm. bangers and ash turner and stuff to have guys like that around you you feel a part of that family does that happen immediately or um i was lucky to have those guys so i'd played with them a fair bit in aussie under 19s and against them as well growing up. So I sort of knew them and Will Bazisto as well is another one I should really mention. I knew him very well, like just from Pathways and Aussie 19 stuff as well. Um, and my first year in WA, I lived in the granny flat out the back of Will Bazisto's house um, in Cottesloe. So it was fantastic, you know, Amazing. like Unreal. what a lovely place to move into um, your first time in Perth, walking down, you know, Grant Street to the beach and <laughs> Over the age, got a permanent spot. Yeah, he walked out to um, Clubber, you know, the the original (laughs) up the stairs. Yes. Um, But stairs to heaven. I just, I couldn't believe it. You know, it's like, look at the water, the sand, the, you know, the summer felt like it went forever, that first one. Um, And I'd call home and go, like, this place is just amazing. And I had those great guys around me, young guys all coming up, sort of trying to do the same thing. yeah, I, I, I was lucky. There's pretty rapid rise for you then because you're 18 when you move over and do that. Yeah, I was 18. And then you're playing yeah. shield cricket that first year and yeah. kind of it it was an escalation. It was, yeah. It happened very, very <laughs> quickly, uh, which was great, um, to be honest. I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, I think I was lucky to have JL at that time. Um, so Lockie Stevens, who I have to thank as well, like helped get me over to WA. Mm. Then JL took over for him, you know, a month or two into the job. So it was a big change in the way we operated. Um, JL, just discipline, hard work, 
but filled you with belief that like, like my parents did, like anything is possible. You work hard enough. You can be anything. Um, um, so I was, I was confident. I was going out there. I was back to play the way that I knew how to play. And when you're 18, 19, you, you just do what you know. Mm. Um, and you sort of play like a child. It's very beautiful. And then I played really well. Um, went over to England, obviously, and played in that Ashes series and, and, things changed a bit after that because you start to learn your game and yeah, uh, you know, you, your form can drop off. You know, you go on that little bit of a roller coaster, um, as most, most professional athletes do. But, um, yeah, jail played a, a huge role in just keeping me on track, keeping me playing all the time and, um, you know, helping me navigate, um, I guess the, the tough road that, um, professional sport is. Sometimes you can have coaches that are too hard, too easy in the middle, whatever it is. But I, I was probably similar. I had John Worsfold, disciplined guy, work hard, great belief in his players. And mm. I, I think probably him and JL, having never played under JL, had some similarities. Do you look back on your time under JL and that discipline element and that that real structure um, as, a, as a positive, as a young, like as an 18-year-old? Massively. Like massively. There was a young group of us who were all good players um, and we weren't a rabble or anything like that, but it's great when you have clear direction and someone pushing you in a really positive direction, but the way you get there is through the hard work. So me, Ash Turner, Cameron Bancroft, Will Bazisto, Simon Mackin, Joel Paris, Mitch Marsh, you know, all of these guys and we've all gone on to do some really cool things and, and had really good careers, but it was JL that instilled hard work discipline and a lot of that through you know physical um exercise really i remember that we do these sessions on city beach i remember the first time i did one of these things you'd set out these cones and it was this grid and it was like hot in the middle of summer <laughs> in the morning you'd played a game the day before sometimes you'd gone out for a couple of drinks the night before as well and um you'd rock up and the cones would be out and you're like no nah, surely not <laughs> and he's like i right, don't here we go and the first time I did this session, I wanted to drink the salt water. I, like got, I got in the ocean and I wanted to drink it. And like, I love playing, but I hated running. I still don't love running so much. I like it because, uh, you know, it's freedom and stuff. But it's tough work. Yes. And, and then he'd make you run 100 runs in the sand. So he'd mark out a pitch. And then so the older guys would do that grid. And then the younger guys was like, no, nah, there's more. Jeez. And so it'd be like two... So you'd sprint up and like two, three, three, one, one, until you got to a hundred. Oh, that sounds awful. Runs, you know. Yeah. He's like visualizing like you're out in the field right, exactly. except you're in sand. Yeah. He's like, this is this is hard, it'll be easier out than You can dodge a red, you can dodge yeah, a red. Yeah, like that. <laughs> I assume he hasn't got you out in pads and the helmet or something. No, like no, just no. To really no, just on hot sand. literally am just thinking the dodgeball guy <laughs> yeah. like whacking a wrench in his hair like, oh, yeah, they can run 100 in sand. And I felt sick when I saw the cones, honestly. Um, but And I hated it at the time. I really did. Um, but I look back now and it's, it's, the, it's the best thing that we, we did. Foundation. Definitely, because mm -hmm. everything feels easy now. Yeah, um, which and is the point, right? Exactly, mm -hmm. and you couldn't complain. Uh, we had a great relationship where, you know, I was I was pretty honest with him, and I think that's why we have a really good relationship. Where sometimes I'd bite back, and it never ended well for me. But <laughs> we'd have some robust discussions, and 
at the same, like as much as he hated it, he really appreciated it and it made us quite close. But um, yeah, it, it was certainly helpful. So we had JL on, on the pod last year and um, we started the same way we did with you and yeah. Dan told JL about his yeah, 5 for 16, 16 and – I know JL away from cricket, and I, and I've seen coaches. Whereas Dan, he looked at Dan with this like look on his face, deadpan, like yeah. looking straight through him with lasers, and was like, like I would have, I would have smacked him. <laughs> I would have, I would have hit you for six for fifty overs straight, mate. Oh, mate, he said that <laughs> all like the time. He's like, I'd still beat you. <laughs> Right. And he's like, hit, like hitting me. I'm like, all right, mate. Like, this is also under twelves. Right. He likes. Same with with us. Any spinners. Like, I'd talk to him. He goes, mate, left arm spin. It would never get me out. You know the way he talks. Yeah, spot on. Can left arm spin, mate? Never. And I'm like, that's so funny. And we'd we'd talk some smack and uh, we'd have a good, good laugh about that's it. That's very good. Yeah. So um, you had your shield debut mm-hmm. a month after that. Played Australia A. Yeah. And you're on tour with Australia A. Yeah. There was an Ashes series coming up, but you weren't in that squad. No. No, I was picked in the A series. Yeah. Um, well, you're 19. Yeah. You're, I was 19. It's cruising. Um, yeah, yeah. Can you remember that? Yeah. Oh, vividly. Uh, I remember what it felt like. I remember what my hotel room like looked, looked like, you know, when I was about to go home. I was literally going home the next day. And I was pretty excited because I'd been away for a long time, probably a couple months at that stage. Um, I was looking forward to going home after this A-Series. It was a lot of fun, the A-Series, some really good players. And I think Brad Haddon was captain of that series. Steve Smith was there. Mm. I think Uzi was – I roomed with Usman Khawaja, you know, because um, we were like – we had roommates like on this tour, I think. The A tours weren't as fancy as they are now. So they're given the yeah. 12 rooms. They sound old now. Look at me go. <laughs> um, but, um, and I, yeah, I did reasonably well. Uh, and I got this call from like John Inverarity um, the, the night before. So the head of selectors. Yeah, yeah, chairman of selectors the night before I was about to leave. And Ashton and John has a very particular way of talking. I can't really do his, his voice. <laughs> I can, but I'm not going to do it. Do um, it. No, I can't. <laughs> um, you know, and he basically just said, "Look, there's the Ashes series coming up. We want you to stay on um, for the first two tests. Um, be around the group. Uh, there's no guarantees you're going to play. It's probably more to have some exposure. We like the way you're going and um, to see what international cricket's all about. Um, we played two two games. I didn't play the first one. I played the second one. And we had this big night in Worcester, like big night. Um, the whole team was out like before this tour game against Compulsory. Worcester. Compulsory, basically. <laughs> uh, and um, it was a few days out from the game. We'd been in Worcester early, so we had some training and really not much. Like it was, it was a tour game, so people are winding down, just getting ready for the Ashes. Um, like I said, pre- pretty big night. Um, and... I remember sitting, I was sitting with Michael Clark and Brad Haddon. And like Michael Clark was my hero, you know, looked up to him massively. Um, great guy. And he goes, how are you going, youngster? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going good. He's like, you ready to go? And I was like, yeah, let's go to the next place. Like, where are we going? <laughs> and he goes, no, 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 you ready to go next week? And I was, I knew straight away what that was. And it was the first test. And I was like. Jesus and but I was 19 so I was like yep ready to go and Brad Haddon was there as well 
And he goes, basically, um, you can only bowl yourself out of selection. Uh, and that sounds intimidating, but he didn't mean it in that way. He was like, and but he said, you know, I don't believe you're going to do that. He goes, but, you know, but you basically you're playing the first test. So, wow. and he was really good to me, filled me with confidence. Awesome in that warm up game, talked me through different fields, um, over around the week, like trying different things. I just love the way he, he captained that group mm. and his tactical mind was brilliant. Um, so I sort of had a feeling I was going to play that first test and then, yeah, two days out from the first test in uh, Nottingham at training, um, I think it was Rod Marsh came up to me with Darren Lehman and said, you're in, mate, go and call your parents. That's sort of how it happened. Did you call them straight away? Yeah, yeah, straight, um, straight in the rooms. Um, called mum and dad, um, they were in tears on the phone and booked a flight like within an hour sort of thing because, right, you yeah. know, it's a, it was the next day, it was the day before the test and then it's the test match. So, and they left, they left like str- straight away. We had to book these flights for mum, dad, Will and Wes um, and they ended up running onto the ground uh, to catch my cap, um, presentation. Wow. Yeah, they made it. They made it. Yeah, so you know Melbourne to Heathrow, and then and it you know there was no dreamliner flight, so it was a pretty pretty long time. Was it literally running onto the ground? Like- ran ran onto the ground like just in time, like nothing had happened yet. But they were, we were sort of waiting. It was getting to the point where it was like, all right, we got to get going. Play game of cricket. <laughs> yeah, we got to warm up. <laughs> yeah, and um, they made it out there, and that's uh, such a great moment. I can still see him. You know, I can if I close my eyes, I can still. I remember what everything looked like. Um, that's like a movie. It's it beautiful. Yeah, that's so oh, cool. It's beautiful. Yeah. Who, who handed you the cap? Glenn McGrath. Glenn Oof, McGrath. That's, that's awesome. pretty cool. Yeah. 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 I was 19 and Glenn McGrath's. What did he say? Um, pride, honor, and respect. I remember like the three big themes that he spoke about. And basically, that you have a, I have a whole family now, you know, 433 people before me, um, you know, who look after you, you know, in a way, you know, that's sort of how he tried to say it. And he just, what comes with the baggy green, a lot of pride, a lot of honour, a lot of respect. Um, and I think I had a, a like, probably like a slight tear. Um, I know my family definitely did and just remember hugging them and, and saying good luck and getting into the warm-up with my baggy green on, which is yeah. pretty cool. What was it like putting on the first time? Great. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, I remember, you know, like the, the peak was pretty stiff. You put it on, I've got quite a small head, so it felt like it went <laughs> down a bit like this. <laughs> Um, Can you get them resized? It took me ages to find the right size one. So the day before, I was with the team manager and trying on a couple of them. And so you try it? Wow, okay. Yeah, you try is, them on. incredibly insightful. Okay. You, you try them on. So you get right. a choice of you want to get the right size yeah. one. Uh, I think I'm in between sizes. I must be. So <laughs> I took, I'm so fussy with things like that, like with my clothes, everything. I'm fussy. So it took, took me forever. <laughs> But I found the right one. If you're going to take your time with something, it's probably oh, yeah. it's probably picking yeah. your baggy green out. Yeah. Yep. Like I reckon if you're going to put things up there, yep. priorities, get the baggy green size right. Get it right. So your first game, yeah. you, you're in as a bowler, clearly. Mm. Well, not clearly, but you're in as a bowler. Mm-hmm. You'd be batting at 11. Yeah. Um, and you come to the crease. Boys are nine for 117. So yes. probably not the best start. Um, no. Nine for 117. Probably not where you want to come to your crease in your first test match. Yeah. What are you thinking? Uh, there's a lot more to it, you know, like it's, um, that goes into that. So please take us on the journey. Well, yeah. Um, 
Jimmy Anderson was probably at the peak of his powers and Graham Swan and they were like ripping us apart. Um, Anderson swinging the ball both ways and he, he bowled Michael Clark with this unbelievable ball, like sort of like swinging in the nipping, hitting top of off and Michael Clark was just like, and I remember Anderson running past the stumps. Like there's this famous shot of him like pointing at the stumps like that. Everyone's going, Jesus Christ, it's going to be tough work, let alone for me. Well, the fly can't get near it. Yeah. And then Graham Swan's just bowling beautifully. And I was loving watching Swan bowling because he was my probably my favourite bowler in the world at that time. I loved the way he went about it and the fears and drift and everything. I love spin bowling. Uh, Ashton Turner was also with the team at that stage. So he was in England, part of this um, academy thing that we had going on. And um, so he was with the team that first test. And I was just sitting next to him the whole time and we were watching in the rooms. And he goes... And no, and I said to him, I was like, how do you reckon I should play Swanee? He goes, mate, you've watched him so much, just just go for it. You know what I mean? He goes, just, you know, look to score. And um, he goes, you know what he's going to do, sort of like that. And Ash is really um, straightforward to the point, confident sort of character, which is what makes him a great captain. Anyway, so it's my turn to bat, um, like start walking out. And um, the crowd was uh, chanting, all like these two two chants. So it's like one was about Jimmy Anderson. I was like, oh, Jimmy, 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 Jimmy Anderson. Michael Clark came off what, like singing that chant. Like it was so like, <laughs> ingrained in his head. He walked up. I remember it. Like it just because he bowled him with a peach, so he wasn't too upset. And but the noise was amazing. And Trent Bridge doesn't hold a lot of people, but it was packed. And first test ashes in England. It was wild. Nine for. Scenes. Yeah, yeah they'll be up and about. What's the other? What's the and other then chance? the other one was like Graham Swan. was like Swan will tear you apart again because that's that song. Great. And it's like Swan, Swan. So I was walking out there, and the whole crowd is chanting that, and it like just felt like this wave like across the ground. Wow. And I'm going like, what is happening? <laughs> um, but I remember walking out to the left. I knew exactly where my parents are sitting. Um, I remember looking at them and sort of like nodding. Um, I was in really good form with a bat at that time. I was 19 and I felt like I had an idea of what Swan was going to do just because I'd watched him so much. I just wanted to get through my first ball. I didn't want to get a golden duck. And I remember I got through my first ball and then I got a single. I think I pushed a single into covers and I was like, all right, I'm good. Um, And honestly, that's how I felt. Um, Punched Anderson down the ground with like a nice drive and like bounced, ended up going for four and it was on and I was batting with Phil Hughes at the time, which was really, really uh, lucky. Um, Phil loved JL. Like those two were really close together and there was a lot of JL in Phil. And he, every single ball, I swear to God, I think I played, I faced 101 balls and it would have been next ball, next ball. He said that to me between every ball, next ball, and he just kept me, so present, so in the moment. Um, and, and that's, I don't know, that's real real freedom, you know, when, when you're so engrossed in that moment and everything fades away. And all, all I remember is like seeing the ball really big and seeing where my family was and then just looking to try and score every ball. Um, and it went really well. And, you know, I got a short ball. I'd been playing the pool shot all day. Um, and I absolutely laced the pull shot to deep square leg and out on 98. And 
felt fine. Like I was, <laughs> got out of the way I'd been playing the whole time. Um, I don't know, like this image of me, I sort of just shrug and smile and walk off and, you know, the, I got this amazing round of applause and um, I remember Phil patting me on the back and I'm really proud of that moment. I think it made a lot of people happy, um, certainly made my family happy uh, and I got to share it with Phil, you know, mm. which is um, it's just crazy. It's crazy that he's gone but it's a beautiful, beautiful memory, yeah. It sounds like <clears throat> just the way you're speaking, I don't know if this is something that you've picked up along the way or if it was something you're doing back then, but are you big on visualisation, mindfulness, mental tools? You know, it's funny. Like um, I think naturally I've always been big on visualisation. I've never consciously made an effort to do it, but I've that's I learn really well that way. Um, I sort of close my eyes and picture something and I, then I – try and feel what it feels like. It's just something I've always done. And then all of a sudden I sort of feel like I can do it. If I can picture it and sort of feel how I think it will feel, then I always feel like I can go and do it. And that's something that, that I'd done since I was a kid. Um, and it's a, it's a massive thing now, you know, mm. it gets spoken about a lot. But I think a lot of people do it naturally and then there's a definition to it now. So I think that's something naturally I've been lucky that I've been always, always been able to do. Um, mindfulness yes um but that's that's come later on just to try and you know i think when you go through a time where you're, you you can't get back into that um space where everything fades away then i've tried to use that or use it to calm myself off the field or things like that but um i think the visualization thing is something i naturally did well um well, and that I've always naturally done well. Because the reason I ask is we had a big mindfulness program at, at the footy club um, mm -hmm. in 2018 and and that that 98 in your first test ever um, and you're talking about being present and you had a mate down the other end keeping you in the moment. Like they're all – that's all mindfulness, staying present in Massively. the moment. Mm. But you didn't know it. You didn't know that back then. You were just like playing. And I just think it's interesting yeah. like – you, you wouldn't really have any of those tools, but you did, but you, you didn't know them. I think back to that because um, that's absolute high performance. You know, that's, that's Flow state. always, yeah, well, that's, that's, yeah. that's what you're aiming for. Total engagement. I think that's the ultimate aim is when you're so engaged in something that everything else fades away and you're able to access all of that information that's in your brain and it naturally just happens and you make these decisions. You don't know how or why you're making them. You just make good decisions. Um, because you're taking in all the information that you need to take in and you're not distracted or slowed down by something else. You know, your body and brain know how to react, but as soon as you're thinking of something else, you're slow. Um, it's not as enjoyable. You're distracted and you make mistakes and, and, and that kills everyone. But the, the guys that play the best play like kids. You know, they're out there and they are just playing. They're reacting to what's in front of them and more often than not, they're making good decisions. But I think... Um, once, um, you know, as you progress in your career, there's more distractions. There's a lot more happening. You become more aware of everything, like what it means to be a professional sportsman and that distracts you. Mm. And then you have to work on, all right, how do I play like a kid again? And then really it's about, right, can I use mindfulness? Can I use visualisation to get right back into that mode of total engagement on what's important so everything else fades away? But it's, you know... You can't 
be so conscious of it. You know, it's supposed to be an un- unconscious thing. So I think really, how do I get back to a single focus point? And that's, that's what I try and do now. I feel like it'd be hard for cricketers as well because you, you like the selection is so crucial. Like your performance on that one game can determine whether or not you play again. So like, yeah. and how you forget about that because if you're constantly thinking like, oh man, I really need to play well because I need to be selected. Like that'd be a hard thing to and like forget one, about. And like one moment too. Yeah. You make one error and you can be in the most flow state you ever like and Jimmy Anderson bowls your peach and it doesn't matter about mindset. True. I, I mean – but I think that's anyone who's good at what they do, you know. Uh, and I don't think it really matters if you're a professional sportsman or, yeah, um, you know, my dad is heating and cooling. Um, and his biggest fear is always what if there's a leak in the refrigeration um, because then you have to do the whole thing again. But he knows, uh, I speak to him and it's exactly the same thing, that if he thinks about the leak, he's distracted of what he's doing there and he doesn't do as good a job. So it's about just being a little short-sighted and a, um, a little bit tunnel vision on what's important, stack it up, stack it up, stack it up, and all of a sudden you get there and things go well more often than not if you can be disciplined enough to do that and strong enough to just, um, you know, keep putting moment by moment together and all of a sudden you're there and, and there is no leak or you don't get out or you don't um, have a bad day, you have a really good day. Um, so I think it's the same for basically everything. The best guys just do it all the time. And you know you're going to have some bad days. Like it's going to be some real tough days for sure. Can you can you just keep showing up, keep coming back? You took a couple of wickets in the second innings that day. Alistair Cook was your first uh, mm. scalp. The next test, was that at Lord's and did you meet the Queen? Was that? Yeah. I mean, like, just what like, going on? I mean, we're, we're like one yeah. game into your international <laughs> yeah, career. Sorry. We're like, do you know what I mean? Like, your parents are flying. I'm talking too much. Like, no, 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 it's great. I'm just saying, like, these moments. A, lot, like, a lot's happened quickly. Yeah, in yeah, it's like, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's just the Queen at Lords. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was, yeah, that was crazy. Um, there was a lot happening after that first test. There was so much media. Like, I've never seen anything like it. I remember just doing heaps of media every single day until that next test and then in the morning um, on the first, you know, day at Lords, um, the Queen walks out and, you know, both teams are lined up and she shakes everyone's hand. And I remember she shook my hand and she goes, this is your first time here, isn't it? And I was like, oh, my God, like the Queen. She's a pro. Knows me. I was like, that's, <laughs> that's crazy. That's and, good. And what would you say back? She was great. I was like, yeah, it is. She's like, well, good luck then. And and on to the next person. And that was that was. Crazy, you know, because it was a really big deal. Um, that yeah, is. She looked amazing and there was like this, yeah, this beautiful aura and it was a really nice day as well. Um, yeah, but then to be honest, I hated the Lord's Test. Mm. Uh, it sucked. You know, I had all the skin missing from this finger because I'd hardly bowled with Duke's balls before. Very different seam and it had ripped up my finger. Right. I could hardly hold the ball. Uh, I felt like my action was falling to pieces. So I'm trying to remember what it is to bowl my best in the middle of a Lord's Test match, holding the ball a different way than I'm used to. Doesn't say much. Bowling at Joe Root. And Doesn't sound like a good idea. I was like, this is hard. <laughs> this is hard. And I, I didn't have a great time with the ball. Dropped a court and bowled. Didn't get many runs. And I actually hated it. I was like, oh, get me out of this thing. Because that, that, was, that was really tough. And uh, I felt really relieved in the next game. I was dropped. 
And um, they're like, really sorry, mate, but, you know, we're going to go with Gaz this time. And I was like, no worries. You, you know, you act a bit disappointed. But deep down, I was pretty relieved. Mm. And then it was a process, you know, after that of learning, learning what it was to be me again, you know. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I think it's sort of a good point. You know, I didn't mean to make it, but like there's so much happened here. Like this this could be – we could be speaking to a 34-year-old that's just met the Queen at Lords. Like you're 19 <laughs> yeah. in your second yeah. test. Mm. You've had this rapid uh, expedited run in it that like not many people have. Like do you look back at it now and like fondly? Like Massively. Yeah. So fondly. Like I said before, I think I got to make a lot of people happy and mm. like gave people some good memories, entertained. Um and they're the players I've always liked to watch. So I've always wanted to be that player who, you know, um, people want to watch, who actually entertain and play the game um, the right way, um, who have a crack. And I felt like I did that. Um, although my second test didn't go to plan, I had still tried, you know, every ball. Well, I, was, I was trying my heart out. Um, so really, really fond memories. And a lot of people ask me, like, was I too young or all of this stuff? And I just think that's rubbish. You know, I was playing really well. I got picked. It went well straight away. The next game, it didn't go so well. Then I didn't play for a while after that. That's, that's fine. Um, but I was, yeah, ready for it that first game for sure. It's always interesting chain of cricketers because I feel like there's like all these different stories in one, like because of the different formats. Mm. Like we're talking about test cricket right now. Yeah. International level. But you've got one days, you've got T20s. Yeah. You've got uh, IPL, which you've never played in. No, I've never played IPL. No. Is that by choice? Is that no, absolutely question? not. I love to play in IPL. Cut. Sign me up. Great. I know Jay was a coach now as well. Hello, Justin. <laughs> um, Spoke very fondly of you at the start of this episode. Yeah. Thanks, Everything um, that Ashton has done as a cricketer is because of you. <laughs> I think that's what we took out of it. Uh, uh, but like there's just so many yeah. different formats that like I feel like we're talking about test cricket. So then chat about the scorches and T20. It's like a completely different – is mm. that for you or is it just all cricket to you? Uh, it was all cricket for me and then now it's a bit different. I mm. think you sort of start taking uh, format by format a little bit differently and really looking into my future, I see it. A lot more white ball cricket. Um, naturally, I think that way, that's the way it's going to go. The last few years, I've played heaps of white ball cricket, and I've been on all the white ball tours for Australia, which means I've played no red ball cricket. Um, and it's a very different skill set. Right. Um, you have to put a lot of time into red ball cricket to just bowl the one ball all the time, which, first of all, I don't find as exciting as I used to. Um, I think the white ball stuff for me is way more exciting. You got to have variation. Um, maybe a bit of mystery, um, very specialised role in the batting stuff and then obviously the fielding takes care of itself. So they're worlds apart now and there's not a lot of guys who really overlap anymore. It's becoming a little bit more specialist. So, um, you know, I've been through that time where both games have sort of been growing apart and now they're a long way apart and I think it's, um, you know, not too far away from sort of, I oh, haven't made a choice, you know, between red and white. Well, Krigas. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So I love playing all forms of cricket. Um, but it probably realistically looks like more white ball in the future, I'd say. Do you remember your first game for the Scorchers? It was a test because I yeah, saw I when you debuted and I was like, what? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was in India. It was? In the Champions League game. Well done. Yeah. Uh, What's going on there? I think I opened the batting that game as well, Did actually. You? Yeah. Yeah, we got absolutely pummeled by a New Zealand team. Uh, so what was that like a like a like a? So if you league? yeah, it's this, um, the league's done now, and I wish it wasn't because it's really cool. It's called the Champions League, and so all the T Twenty comps around the world. If you came top two in that, you'd go to India and play this Champions League. That's great. It's like the soccer. It's like Champions League yeah. soccer. Fantastic. That's elite. Unreal. Unreal. How do I not remember this? Yeah. Was, when did it stop? Um, I reckon it stopped in twenty fifteen. Right. Maybe. So that was your 2014. first. So you're playing Champions League. That was your first. Yeah, yeah. And um, that's not real. That was my first game. That was 20, 2013. Yep. Yeah. Right. 2013. Um, yeah. Opened the batting that game. Hit a great shot. Six off the back foot. Like this full full ball. And <laughs> was having a swing. And um, but yeah, we got pumped. By this. And we played against Mumbai. One of these games. And for them to get in the final, they had to chase. I think we got 150, and we're like, oh. We're on here, boys. Like, that's a pretty good score. We're playing in Delhi. And Mumbai had to chase that down 13 overs or something like that to, right. to get through. Right. Sachin was playing. It was one of his last games wow. in Delhi. And the line for the stadium was around the corner. I remember Hilton Cartwright was next to me at point. Couldn't hear him. Like, it was so loud. Wow. Rohit Sharma, Kieran Pollard. all Like, Mumbai had this ridiculous team. Harbhajan opening the bowling. <laughs> I, fa- I faced Harbhajan, you know, first over. So you played in India. Crazy. <laughs> this all-star day. 11. And uh, I remember their chase started with Rohit Sharma, Joel Paris, bowled to a beautiful in-swing. Well, he got down on one knee and swept him for six. <laughs> <laughs> and they chased it, like, so easily. Kieran Pollard was smacking these balls and they're, like, bouncing back off the stand and they pumped us. And it was like... <sighs> We're a bit off the mark here because it was different from the Scorchers team that won uh, the Big Bash that year. Yes. Then JL just played all of us young guys in this in this league. And you're like, oh, my God, these guys are heaps better than us. We have a long way to go, but it was a great experience, yeah. Well, you mentioned Sachin. Like, I was going to ask about Virat Kohli, but, like, yeah. Sachin – sorry, Virat. Like, I love Virat. But yeah, yeah. And Sachin's that king. Have you bowled to both of those guys? I – haven't bowled a Sachin. I think right. Jason Meredith got him out pretty cheaply, to be fair. He flicked one to deep square. Sam Whiteman caught it. Remember that? No worries. Uh, yeah. Virat, I've bowled quite a bit too. Um, what's, what's it like, you know, 
put it in other sports contexts, you're coming up against like you know perhaps the greatest of all time. Yeah. In the, in the era, is that more intimidating, or are you just bowling? Uh, it's funny because Virat, he, you don't feel like he's someone that's going to hit you for six every ball. So the th- like the threat of him isn't as intimidating. What's intimidating is who he is mm. and what it means to the Indian people. And in the warm up, when you're out there warming up, and Virat rolls out in like these white and gold pumas, <laughs> you know, he's probably getting paid ten million dollars to wear. And then his MR beautiful MRF bat, you know, brand spanking, brand spanking new bat, perfect beard, sunnies, no hat, singlet. And the crowd is going bananas. You cannot hear a thing. And he hasn't even tapped the bat yet. This is a warm-up. <laughs> and then you realise like how big these guys are and you, you're driving around in the hotel and every single billboard in Delhi or Mumbai is Virat. And, you know, he's, he's probably the most marketable athlete in the world. Yeah, He's huge. Uh, and then he walks out to bat. And I, I'm not joking. Like he feels taller than he is when he walks out to bat you know, and he whacks his bat on the ground and he's intense. Um, his eyes are so intense. You bowl a average ball to him. And if he doesn't hit it for four, he makes you feel average. Like, shit ball like this. And I remember the guy, Jesus, all right, like it's on now. And you get fired up. He's like, don't say that yeah, about me. you didn't put it on the boundary, mate. Yeah, yeah, come off it. But you're like, all right, you know, you're alive. So that's the huge aura and presence about him. And for someone... Like that's pressure. You've got the oh, whole yeah. of India and Indians around the world like counting on him and they are so disappointed if he doesn't go well. That's real. That's proper pressure in a sports environment. Mm. So that's probably the coolest part about playing against him is that you feel all of that stuff. And then but really you got to, like I said before, it's like, all right, how do I deliver this ball with as much venom as possible and <laughs> as much of me as possible in it to try and get him out? Um and I've, I've got him out a few times, like a couple of times in one day, once in an A game and stuff. But, um, yeah, he's incredible. Did you see old shit ball back at him or something? No. <laughs> shit shot. This time, oh, God, like this, yeah. I was so happy this time actually because this time he, I bowled a really good over at him, a couple of plays and misses and the wicket was spinning and he ran down. He had this like little smile on his face. He goes, that was a beautiful over. I was like, good. Gee, that's a change. Yeah, nice. That's a real welcome change. <laughs> I, that, I just sort of laughed, you know. With um, um, cricket, like after the games, a lot of guys get together and just have a beer after it and like you know, op- opposing teams, which is pretty abnormal for other sports. Um, ever had a just a beer with Virat, sit down and no, have a chat? No, I haven't. Not no. that sort of guy? Uh, no, I wouldn't have thought so, yeah. Indians culturally very different, you know. It's probably not their thing to sit down and have a beer so much. Um to be honest, like, and really there isn't heaps of that. I think after test matches, there's quite a lot. Yeah. But white ball series, it's like, man, you finish close to midnight sometimes. You just want to have an ice bath, have a shower, pack up and go. Mm. Hotel, you got to fly it the next day, get to the next hotel, train the next day, then play. And it's like, go like that. Uh, but, you know, beers or drinks after a test match are really nice. And, yeah, you, you do do that with some teams like England or – New Zealand, I think there's teams where there's not such a cultural difference. Yeah. Um, because it's such a world game, you know, Pakistan, guys don't drink. A lot of the Indian guys don't drink, you know. So it doesn't happen with every team. But it is nice. And to be honest, like T20 cricket has made the cricket world so small. Everyone knows everyone really yeah. well. You play in teams with them. 
play against them all the time. So, um, yeah, it's pretty – It you know, there's not too much rivalry happening. Let's live in um, <clears throat> Scorch's land for a little bit. Yeah. Two-time BBL winner for the Scorchers? Uh, I've been – I've played in one uh, – no, I've played in two of the finals. Yes, that's right. Good. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have. Good. I'm glad we I actually were. forgot about the most recent one I played in. It must have been a big deal. Nick, Nick the producer's just having a chuckle over his, I'm, I'm sure yeah. he just sort of started sweating a little bit. It's like, I stuffed this up. <laughs> no. Yeah, spot on, mate. So – uh, I believe 16, 17, your BBL champion, mm. and then you were captain 21, 22. Is no, right? I haven't captained. Okay, perfect. I've Sucked in, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Ashton Turner. Yeah. So, um, 16 was that first one, and, yeah. and during that year, <clears throat> I don't know if you remember New Year's Eve, you played a game, and uh, four runs to win off the last ball, hit it for six. Was that New Year's Eve game? I believe so. Marvel. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You clearly Finchy. remember it, mate. You're just telling us about the fourth, fourth, no, quarter, I the seventeen. Clearly, I just didn't remember it was New Year's. I Eve. think it was. I think you'll find it was. I'm happy to run with it. Um. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was fun. Finchy. Like that's a walk off. That's baseball walk off. Yeah. It was awesome. Top area. I loved it. Like I was. Oh, I was pretty stoked. <laughs> it's funny you say about small head, and not that I noticed you had a small head, but <laughs> my hell, you watched it. I watched it. So he hits the six, right? Which is an epic shot. Shocking ball by Finchie. Like, Finchie's bought a full bucket here. Base tight. <laughs> His helmet comes down and he's like, Ash is running around trying to see out of his helmet. Does that happen? Yeah, it did. <laughs> Sorry, you sound flat as about it. Ah, oh, no. It was a real Hollywood moment, you know, that just put a little dampener on it when you look back at it. Um, it felt pretty good at the time. Did you not get the helmet size? You have right. to say that. Oh, they, they never get it right. Oh, that's really <laughs> oh, that's no, that cool. was cool. That was that was my family were there too. That was awesome. Winning BBL flags like champions. Yeah, that it doesn't matter. You know, you tell me, but I'm assuming it doesn't matter who you're playing for. Like winning, winning the cup, regardless of comp, that's pretty special. Like some of my favourite memories of mm. um, playing cricket. To be honest, my favourite moments. Yeah, winning BBL titles because it's the middle of summer. Um, you got all of Perth behind you. Everyone wants you to win. We've had a lot of success, but then to be a part of that team, to feel what it's like when you know you're about to win a game uh, and win a competition, it's awesome. And you know you're going to celebrate really hard and have a great time with all of your really close mates. I think that's the funnest part about those teams. We're all real close mates. Mm. We get along so well. Um, we have a great time off the field together. We play for each other on the field um, every game. You know, we're always playing for each other. And then to share that success together is, is huge. Um, I, I love it. You know, everyone loves winning, obviously, and it always feels good. But to win with your friends, yeah, that's that's really nice. Why externally it looks like the Scorchers, both from a crowd perspective and as a team, it's, it looks different to the other teams in the BBL and your brother plays for another BBL side. Mm. Like, do you know what makes the Scorchers so good? Yeah, we look after each other, like. Always. Um, everyone cares for each other a lot. There's a lot of trust and that's been built over a long time. Um, uh, a lot of our younger like younger players, I'm 30 now, but I was a younger player at one stage and we were given a lot of responsibility and put into those pressure moments and trusted in those pressure moments. And we were they stuck with us even though we failed um, because they believed at some point that it was going to come good and it's all 
you know, going really well right now and the last few years. Um, we've had, we've got fantastic staff. We, like, I think a lot gets spoken about the playing group, but we have like staff who work tirelessly. Um, we're so well supported and well resourced. Um, they will just throw balls whenever we want. Um, they will have a coffee and chat whenever we want. Um, whatever we need, we we ask. And if we have a clear plan, we usually get that, um, whether it be an extra net session or uh, just little things. You know, they, they go a long way. And they don't get much of the credit, but they do it because they know it's going to help. Um, and they care for us a lot. Um, they trust us and we're well supported. So it's easy to go out there and play when you know you're fully backed by everyone and you're as well prepared as you can be. Um, and everyone in that room trusts what, trusts, you know, um, what the guy with the ball in his hand is going to do or the guy with the bat in his hand is going to do. Mm. Um, I think we review very well um, whether we've won or lost. We have a way we want to go about the game, a process that we follow, and we don't review too emotionally. We make sure we don't do that, and that's super important. Um, otherwise, you're just going to chop and change, and if you don't give anything time to work, it's not going to work. Um, so we've believed in, in a method. Um, we've given it time to work and it's working really well. And then, you know, we're pretty brave and we play for each other. Yeah. That's cool. Can you um, talk us <clears throat> talk to us about Cooper Connolly's innings? Yeah. At the um, last championship? Like that's just, like that's movie scenes, movie areas as well. It's, it was crazy. It was crazy. Um, I loved it for a couple of reasons. I was in India um, with the test stuff. So I was watching it on the TV screen. And uh, Coops, um, like we were talking about before, you know, he's, what, 18, 19 when that happened. And um, he was in that moment of just, he was batting really well at the time. Like bowling well, batting well, enjoying being young on a big stage, um, being Coop Connolly. And it was really clear he was so in that moment. Like it's a packed house at Optus. So loud. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> pressure moments. Like has to go in and belt the ball. But like with absolute clarity, just stood there, watched the ball and baseballed him over the fence, you know, w when that was his only option. And to execute uh, at that time is incredible, but he must have been just so engrossed in that moment. Um, you know, and it was it was so Hollywood, wasn't it? You know, Coops with the you know long blonde hair, oh, yeah, hair yeah. and uh, big. I swear he's got more teeth than normal people. Like the biggest <laughs> smile ever. I love him. Like I love Coops. He's like a little brother to me, to be honest. I love him. Um, and he was having a good time. Him and Hobbo, they were pumped. Like they, you watch one of their glove punches. Honestly, it's like you know when a boxer like hit someone and their wrist like just moves a bit i thought that he was gonna break hobo and coops are gonna have two snap wrists there at one stage i pumped up and hobo was peaking and great energy you know um oh it gave me goosebumps watching it i, I gee i would have loved to have um been there and you know been on the bench watching that but um great moment i'm so happy for him that he did that i've got so much other stuff i want to talk to you about but we're not going to be able to talk forever, but I want to ask. Yeah, you sorry, more. I'll be quicker. Yeah, no, not no, quicker at all. Here. This is what podcasts for. It's like I just <laughs> want to make it. sure I don't miss a couple of ones. Yeah, Patrick. Yeah, twenty twenty two. Yeah, South Africa, second Aussie ever to do it. T twenty. Uh, talk me through that. I haven't seen it. Yeah, um, yeah, at the Wanderers, 
which is a pretty hectic ground. Like, <clears throat> wow. Um, so you're like way lower down the ground, just goes straight up. And like, you're just like at the bottom of this Coliseum and the South African crowds are pretty tough. Like they're ruthless. Like right, you just really? get abused and, uh, it's, it's hectic. And it was at nighttime and the ball, it's at altitude. So the ball flies miles, like they massive sixes there. But, um, yeah, got Faf Duplessis out, like caught at deep cover. Nice. Then, uh, lefty came in LB, like spun down the line. He reviewed it, but it was three red. So that was nice. So out. Then Dale Stain like came out to bat. Um, I remember Finchy put himself at slip, and we we changed the field a little bit. And I like really slowed one up and just tried to rip it, pitched. And he went to play a big drive. He like spun, bounced, nicked it off Alex Carey's leg, and Finchy somehow pouched it like miraculous catch. <laughs> and then we just went berserk. Um, it was so good, man. Like I love those moments. Like, that's what I want to do: take hat tricks. You know. Um, those really fun times. Yeah, I loved it. I've got the ball at home. So yeah. I've got that ball. Yeah, I don't keep a lot of stuff. Like I don't keep a lot of my shirts or memorabilia and stuff, but I've got that ball. Nice. That was really, that was good times. And it still feels good in my hand, you know, <laughs> flicking around every now and then. Do ya? Yeah, sometimes, yeah. But Dan, awesome. Dan had his 5 or 16 ball in here. For oh, like, that's- so we used to have it sitting here every episode. <laughs> yeah. Right, so Dan tells that, story, tells that story at the start of every pod, right? Yeah. And we would have the trophy. The trophy's around. It's, a, it's over there. Is it on one of those gold, like, it's, it's, ball, no, it's, it's like a, a piece of wood with like a you know a bit of a wood frame, and then it's got a ball holder on it. We took it everywhere with us. We, we were doing Melbourne Jade. trips, Sydney trips. Yeah, bring the trophy over here. Come Come on, Jade. So Come we, on, we, we were taking it everywhere because every guest interview, Dan tells the story, and then we would have the ball. We've lost the ball. Yeah, <laughs> we've lost the ball. It's so really belted down the road, and big night. Well, we came out, and then, then we started throwing. Them we started tweaking them, <laughs> and then I don't know where it's gone. It's it's. I think it's at the paddo. I, I think that's where it, it lives now. But uh, it's not yeah. bad, is it? It's Look at that design. <laughs> this guy's the furniture. I reckon. Yeah, yeah, it's impressive. Mid-century style oh, sort of thing. Isn't I it? think it's a good. Did Did you happen to see like an um, Eames? Yeah. Speaking of Eames, uh, speaking of hat tricks, did you happen to see this uh, this guy in in Sunshine Coast this weekend bowl six in a row? Oh, I I saw something about it. We so had him on the, the, podcast. the last <laughs> the last over the map, they needed the other team needed four to win, and he. He bowls six wickets in a row, and they and they somehow. <laughs> so he was a captain. It was third division Gold Coast cricket. Um, had young fellas all around him, but he was the captain. He said, "Step aside, young fellas," because he didn't want a young fella to lose the game. He, he was four four runs. He said, "I'm going to do it." He said, "I bowled two overs for the day." Stepped up, first one wicket, second one wicket, third one hat trick. He everyone's going bananas. He's calming everyone down because he's like, oh, "We're going to win this." <laughs> He then goes fourth ball wicket, fifth ball wicket. They still need four white runs to win. Yeah. Six ball wicket, six six for and over. Incredible save. <laughs> that's like that's the greatest. Yeah, ever. yeah. That'll be a highlight of his life. Can you um tell us about getting hit in the face by your brother? <laughs> yes, I can. Um, <laughs> what? Oh god, that was horrible. <laughs> Pretty gruesome, <laughs> mate. That was that was no good. He belted this ball to mid on, so I'm at mid on. Mike Swin's bowling, and um yeah, I've gone down to catch it like. And as I'm about to catch, like you can watch the footage, my foot just like gives way. So like I've gone down to catch it, my spikes just go, and I, you just see me. I just put my hands up like this because my head goes like that. I had no idea where the ball was, and I just put my hands up, like because I was like, "This is gonna hit me," and it just went straight between my hands and hit me straight in between the eyes. Like I was wearing sunnies. The sound of it was like, if you get hit in the head really hard, it sounds like a metal pole, like ding. 
like this ringing in my head and just split me like straight there. I remember like being on the ground and I remember I went like that and like my hand was like covered in blood. I was like, fuck, like what have I done to my face? Like I was worried about my (laughs) (laughs) Aesthetically, I was like, this is not good. I didn't want my nose to be broken. I felt my nose was like, oh, my nose is good. Um, Because I don't have hair. So I'm like, I don't want anything else to be damaged, you know? (laughs) You know how we are, mate. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Um, The acknowledgement. (laughs) (laughs) Respect. And, but yeah, it was, and and then I remember Wes standing over me and he just ran over me. Yeah. Because he loves me. Um, (laughs) He actually got me out of that game as well. Skittled me for his fifth wicket. So So nice game. It's not a good day for you. Not a good day. Um. Yeah, I was pretty rattled and definitely concussed. Like, wow. I remember walking off the ground feeling pretty dizzy. And that night I was like, oh, gosh, it just felt horrible. I, I was, I got off the ground and I was sitting on the physio bench and I was like trying not to fall asleep. I was just oh, like that, super tired straight away. And I, that's the only time I reckon I've mm. ever been concussed. But, yeah, it was no good. And um, my engagement party was coming up, honestly, a week and a half. Oh, a week after that, oh, I reckon. <laughs> And, so, mate, I had my engagement party and great night. But the whole time I had this white stereo strip in between my eyes. Not a good look. Do like, you have, like, black eyes from it and stuff? Or I did... had, like, a bit of bleeding down here, but I'd got it all stitched up. It needed some internal and, like, external stitches and then something to hold that together. And, you know, Mads was mortified. She was actually just like, what are you going to do with the battle engagement party? <laughs> uh, how am I? Uh, yeah. How am I feeling? After the tears, I think she was she was pretty rattled, as you would be. I think everyone was because um, it didn't look good. You yes. Know? Um, At what 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 point does does that turn into where's being like? Remember, I smacked you in the head with the ball. Nah, it's not him. Okay. Yeah, it's not him. Okay. Never. Nah, it's not like that. It'll come. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I bet you it won't. But you know, it could. It this could, could be a bit rogue, but. Um, I remember coming in here, we started the podcast a couple of years ago and I was like, I really want to talk to Ashton Agar. I'd written a, sorry, I'd read an article that someone had written on you mm. and he'd mentioned Loyal Kana about yeah, yeah. thriving and surviving. Yep. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yep. I found it really interesting, the the mindset and maybe the shift that you made around yep. and who Loyal Kana is. Like people listening about who's Loyal Kana and what are we talking about? Can yeah. you explain it? I love music, um, <clears throat> love hip hop. Like, I like all music. Um, Lil Kana, British rapper, came to Perth in 2017, his first show in Perth and his first album. I remember just watching him on stage. Ashton was there as well, um, one of my other mates. And um, I was just watching him move on stage and he was so entertaining and he was so smooth and everyone, everyone was just captivated by what he was doing. And he was just performing. Like he was on stage putting on a show, living his best life. And I remember, like, I just, like, it's a really nice moment. Uh, I was driving home, being responsible. Um, well done. I think we had training the next day, um, which was also exciting. But um, driving home and I was thinking, God, I'd love, I'd love to do that. And, and it really hit me hard. I was like, I've got to do that probably more times than he has. You know what I mean? Like, I've, I get to do that every single time. I play and that was the real moment where I was like, all right, it's not about being safe. Like you got to put on a show. You have to express yourself and, and be yourself and be who you are on, on the cricket field and play the way you know how to play, not try and survive. I don't want to be a survivor. I have no interest in doing that. It's, it's not fun. It's boring. Um, it's not entertaining. 
just trying to survive and eke out a career, like no, no interest. And I really felt that at that moment. It's about, you know, being yourself, um, being everything that you can be. I have no idea what that looks like. I, I'll, I'll know what it looks like when I finish, you know, when I retire. I don't know how good I could be or what the future is going to look like, but I'm just trying everything now to, to be as good um, as I can possibly be. And, and, you know, playing the game in a way that Lowell kind of wrapped and moved on stage and because he made me f- um, feel something. He, he made me want to go to training the next day and, and train really well and have a great time when I was doing it and um, really, you know, put on a show, to be honest, and express yourself. Um, I love that and I think I'm trying to play well, I've you know, I think since that moment, I reckon I've played some of my, my best cricket. Hmm. Sort of played a bit more like a kid again. That's yeah. a pretty good that cool. way to yeah. kind of finish that chat. I like that a lot. Um, we're not finished though. That's all right. Social media, you know what that is? Mm-hmm. Wow. Have you heard of social media? That's right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Thank you very much. Social media is by the people for the person. Ashton Agar in this sense. You've heard enough from Dan and I. It's time to hear the questions from the people. Some good ones here as well. Yeah. Mm. Um, you can answer these as long as short as you like. Yeah. Let's get into it. Links underscore you. Uh, Favourite win you've ever been a part of? Oh, gee, that's a hard one. Uh, um, hard. First um, big bash that I – victory that I played in. Loved that one. Like, yeah, just amazing celebration – um, I, uh, you know, it was at the Wacker packed house. I think it was on a Saturday night, so we could celebrate. I think we we're at the OBH all day the next day. Oh. Unbelievable! <laughs> you know, you feel like such a rock star. So good. You know, everyone's just wearing the hilarious clothes, and it was, it was really fun. Um, so I think that's really. I think that's my favorite one. Love that. Um, this is a two-parter. I want you to start with the first part. And sure. Finish with the second. Matt O'Donoghue. Uh, is the Dalai Lama the highlight of people you've met in your life? That was pretty cool. Um, Yeah, Dalai Lama up in Dharmashala. So we were up there. When was that? I can't remember if it was a test tour or T T20 World Cup. We were up. So Dharmashala is right up the north of India, like foothills of the Himalayas sort of thing. And um, the Dalai Lama was there and we got to sit right in front of him and he spoke directly to us and shake his hand. And that that was pretty cool because he's a, pretty important figure in the world um and you're kind of like oh my god i'm meeting the dalai lama uh yeah so i would say it's right up there yeah did did he ask if it was your first time here like, <laughs> he did it he did it yeah <laughs> I must admit, the, the queen was cool you know the dalai lama was cool it's, you know it's a lot of interesting people but, so mr yeah. agar good to see you here mate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we look similar uh well also like scoey when did you do when do you decide to just accept and embrace boldness? Mm. <laughs> this is, this yeah. is I mean, what? what, what, what? I've seen too many blokes hang on. Same. I reckon. Same. I reckon it's no good. And I was like, I don't want to hang on. I knew I was thinning a bit. And like, oh, I think I have an, a good enough head shape. Mm. Mm. It's good. good enough skin. So I thought I'm just going to take it on. I don't. Mad wasn't too pleased when I really bit the bullet. And it was actually Nathan Lyon that shaved my head. It was like this ceremonial thing, right? So... It was during the test series in India, uh, not the last one, the one before that. And um, he had the shaver, obviously, being a bald man himself. Um, and, like, all the boys came and 
into my hotel room. And I was like sitting on the bath. There's this massive bath. And I was sitting on the edge of this bath. He goes, you ready? And I was like, yep. And he just went straight up the middle of my head. And he's like, there's no turning back now. That's great. And um, <laughs> that's what we did. Uh, yeah, that's great. You were nice. No issues. You were nice. Oh, mate, it's, it's better. I think a lot of people are a bit scared. How's you know? your haircuts going, mate? You're having fun going to the barber? <laughs> hey, mate. <laughs> yeah, mate, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy. Real. I love it. Uh, John underscore Dawson. Uh, no, I spoke like that. <laughs> do you think Ashton Turner should have played more 2020 for Australia and be captain as well? It's hard because um, Ash is an unbelievable player. He's been riddled with these big injuries, you know, um, through some of his best years. So he had, I reckon he's had three Ricos on the one shoulder to the point where if he does it again, he's in a lot of trouble, you know. Um, and that's that's held him back a little bit because at the moment our white ball side for Australia is, is incredible. So it's like, well, who's... Whose spot does he take? Um, I would have loved him to have played heaps more and I think he's going to play a lot. And down the track, yeah, I think he probably will captain that team um, because he's arguably the best captain I've ever played under. He's he's amazing. Amazing player. He's like MS Stoney. Like he's calm. The finisher. He's the finisher. Like he's a gun at it. Super intelligent. Um, Yeah. Cool head under pressure. Makes sound decisions but backs his team and you feel confident under his leadership so um yeah i mean do i think he should have played more well it's hard for him to fit inside at the moment i think he's going to play a lot though um this one we're going to ask the question i want you to see if you can guess who it's from mm-hmm. uh you've got a new baby boy but are you yeah, still my daddy that. i saw it i saw it this morning <laughs> peter had to go he knows he freaks me out sometimes <laughs> honestly <laughs> He was into AJ Ty as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He scares me. Um, Should we get him on the pod? I love Peter. Love Peter. He's so funny and he's he's not afraid of anything, that guy. He's unapologetically (laughs) Peter. I decline to answer that question. (laughs) (laughs) Love you though. Uh, This is from Corey Rock. Uh, Is there a a chance uh, he could give his tenants six uh, free months (laughs) of rent? (laughs) <laughs> nice, mate. Yeah, he's lucky I bumped it up. Is he a tenant? <laughs> he is, yeah. That Great. is. Right. <laughs> uh, BPI 15. Uh, why is Wilbur the best agar of the family? Oh, he's he's the ultimate all-rounder. He's the smartest. He's um, just a well-rounded, cool individual that everyone looks up to. Everyone likes being around Wilbur. My brother will. That's good. Um, uh, not a bad one. Maybe reflective. Isaac Dowling 4. Uh, how hard is it seeing Australia do well in the World Cup while injured? You know, um, yeah, I'd lo- I would have loved to have been there and I think I probably had a bit of FOMO at the start and I probably will have a bit of FOMO like, um, if they win it. Um, I've been injured plenty of times and I've missed out on a lot of cricket. Um, it was way harder when I got uh, like dropped for the T20 World Cup when I'd played every game before that and then we won. Mm. But I got really good at just um, embracing it, still being a great team person and, and supporting my mates and trying to, like I said, just stack good days up and just get better and and move on because that's all you can do. Because uh, if I'm focusing on missing out, you know, I'm, I'm yep. missing out on a lot of stuff that's right in front of me. And right in front of me now is my eight-week-old boy, Charles, and it's like it's been the best eight weeks of my life. Um, I would have left him when he was seven days old and I still wouldn't have been with him now. And the amount he has changed in the last two months is crazy. And I reckon I really would have really struggled with that. Mm. Um, I only know that now because I've, I've seen him every day. I give him 
50 kisses a day, you know, <laughs> hugs. I take him for walks, take him for coffees by myself. I love doing that. The, um, seeing him and Mad, you know, sleeping this morning, like, they looked so cute. She brought him into the bed and he was just in his little sleep suit on his side. And I'm just like, this is the, the most beautiful thing of all time. Um, so I've got to be a dad the last two months and, you know, that's something I've always wanted to do and, and look after my family. So, um, yeah, no, best, best two months of my life. Plenty that's more pretty... World Cups on the horizon, my friend. Yeah. Like getting those eight weeks yeah. back Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't have everything. With, that's um, correct. With World Cup, sorry. Do you want to, what do you think of that Maxwell innings? That was. Oh, crazy. I watched every ball because Charles wouldn't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it was wild. I was laughing. I was laughing when he just planted his feet there and just started doing the stuff that he does with his hands. Like he, he does it in training and you're like, mate, you are unbelievable. He's a freak. He's a freak. You should see him like kick footies and throw balls. He's that guy. He, he does everything. Right. He's he that guy. is a natural. Mm. Amazing. And uh, just makes it look easy. And he's the only one that can do it. It was pretty funny when he was walking between wickets though. It's so funny. <laughs> And you can see the boy, they kept flashing to the boy. Like, I, oh, they I, were laughing. I don't know Stoinis <laughs> well at all, but like he was crying with laughter. So three of my best mates up in the room. So Stoin, Ingo, Mitch, Zampa. Like they are, like if there's anyone I want to hang out with in that team, they're like my best mates in right, that team, right? right. And um, I know exactly what they would have been saying. Ingo's like covering his mouth. Stoin's going like that, you know. Um, Mitchy's like trying not to laugh. Zamps, I FaceTimed Zamps the other day. I was chatting to him. And I said, mate, how happy were you? And I, was, I was like, you ran back up the stairs when he had to come down. That's right. Maxie was, it looked like he was going to come off. And Zamps was at the line, like pretending to be eager to get out there. And then they said, no, nah, he's staying out there. Zorb sprinted up the stairs. I was like, I've never seen you move so fast. He goes, oh, man, I didn't want to go out there. You know, he goes, I was so happy. I remember seeing it because he was there like, he's always like giving the eyebrows like, you want me to come out? Like, obviously, so oh. like, no. And he's like. Oh yeah, no, fine, fine. No, no worries. <laughs> Never seen him move so quickly upstairs. So um, I just, I thought the same thing, and you know the boys well. But I just, yeah. I imagine I was like, look, it's great watching Glenn, but I'd love to be in that locker room because they would have just been hanging so, shit on it. Oh, like, like they and, nah, incre and incredible at the same time. They point. were loving it. Like yeah, yeah, they yeah. were just like, only Maxi can do this, but they were just pissing themselves laughing because <laughs> you have to laugh at what he was doing. It was like he was on the ground cramping, and then he's whipping balls outside off over square leg for six. Not moving his feet, like so good. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, it's uh, unbelievable. And they, oh, their chat would have been out of this world. Yeah, I love. That's what I actually miss. Like yes. that's, I love that. Yes. I miss the feeling of being on a big stage. Like I love that feeling. It's very addictive and trying to like play well. And then I miss the boys. Like, ah, uh, that's that's the stuff I miss. That's the most fun part about being on tour, being in the rooms and stuff. It's great. <laughs> like those moments. Yeah. Uh, it's usually this. Like, I, I, we didn't get anything about the bison. I got to ask about the bison. Yeah, of course. Like, big nice. bison guys. Yeah. Yeah, I, I may actually be the biggest bison man going around. Okay. Um, talking about things like watching. So when he made that hundred in the Ashes series, just gone by. Yeah. I I was I'd had a couple of shelters, a couple of whippersnappers, perhaps a couple of wines. And I was like, fuck it, I'm locking in here yeah. and I'm going to live tweet this innings. I'm like, he's making 100. Yeah. So before, as he was walking out, my first tweet, as he's walking out, like looking forward to the Bison's century coming up. Mm. People like, go to Bears, go, had too many beers. <laughs> first boundary, like we were watching and I can I went I went on to do that for the next two and a half hours. Well, it wasn't even that long. It was like it was like an hour and a half. Yeah. And he was just smacking them around everywhere. That is my proudest sporting fan moment. Because I knew he was making a ton. Yep. My question is, 
What's it like being around the bison when he starts going like that? Like, oh, unstoppable. It's the it's the best. I've actually got a good story about um, that. So, um, before he went to England, I was having a swim with him down at Cot, um, and Mads was in the water with us, um, and we, we were just chatting about everything. We have really good conversations, me and Mitch. And he he's been on fire. Like he has oh, been yeah. for. Two and a half years. It's been yep. like unstoppable. Three years probably. Um, he's very, he's got great clarity about how he wants to go about things. And he was talking about the Ashes, and he's like, "Man, I'm actually really excited to go and play Test cricket again." Because he's like, "I didn't enjoy it that much before, but this time I'm like really, I know who I am, and I know how I want to play the game, and I'm comfortable with that." And that's beautiful. I think when you hear someone in that space, it's the best. Yeah. And he goes, "Man, I can already see it." He goes, "I reckon third Test, you know." you know, greeny all rounder, it's going to be hard to keep going. Like if, if, I, if I do get a chance, it'll probably be around the third test. And he goes, if I play that game, I'm going to belt a hundred. <laughs> oh. He goes, I'm going to, I can, or, and he goes, I can see it. Like, and he's talking like dead seriously. He's like, I can see it. Yeah. He's like, it's going to happen. I'm going to belt a hundred. And I was like, man, that is so good. Like I was like, yes, this is Can't awesome. Wait. Wait. It's like a big bison, like scratching the ground before he takes off. <laughs> yeah. I actually don't know if bison do that. But yeah, I do. I'm pretty they, sure. They, they must. I've seen him do it. I've seen him do it. I'm picturing like cold day mist coming out of the nostrils. Um, and that he did it. Like, and, and I just, when he rocked back and pulled Mark Wood for six, you know, like, second ball or whatever it was and it laser beams into the stand you know like, and he's the only one that can do that it was 151k pulls him off his nose for six that's someone who's pretty clear and he's pretty switched on and he just went and did it he made a run a ball 100 and there was no doubt in my mind that he was going to do it yeah he, he believed it so strongly um so that's a really cool moment about that story so being around mitch is oh mate he's so funny like he's yeah, when he's in this mode, cricket-wise, it's fantastic. But off the field, he is just larger than life. Everyone loves him. Cares so much for his friends and family. Um, uh, and he's just so funny without even trying. Like often um, me and Sean Abbott talk about it all the time. We're always on Vice Watch. So like we'll just be sitting down. And Vice will be like doing something and just watching him concentrate. <laughs> he's so funny. I can't even describe it. Like he'll just be doing something and his eyes will do something. You're like, what's that? <laughs> um, Vice Watch is, is the best. Great. I, yeah. love I couldn't yeah. love that anymore. Yeah, that's so good. Um, <clears throat> last question. Yeah. Always ends on this one, the Eggman. Uh, how does Ashton like his eggs? Sincerely, the Eggman. How do I like my eggs? You know, know, I used to be um, very much scrambled. Right. Went through a poached phase. I think realistically, I actually like fried eggs. I like it. I think they're great. Occasionally, I double scrambled eggs if I make them at home, but I'll put like a nice shaved cheese on the top and it's that's, would, that's money. Fried eggs, like sunny side up or du double double hit? Mm, depends if I'm in India or not. Like in India, I like the, the double hit. I don't know why. It's just I just feel good about yeah. the double hit there. I feel I'm like I'm not going to get ill. Mm. Um, at home, sometimes sunny side up. I don't eat a lot of eggs, but um, – it's good insight though. It's okay. Interesting. <laughs> there you go, man. Backchatstudios.com.au. Find it all there. Um, <laughs> our big, uh, big driving the podcast. Fleet Network, our sponsors. Swimply, Whippersnapper Whiskey, Margaret River Roasting Co., Blue Bet, Shelter Brewing Co., Leadable Cameras, uh, Mama Digital, ID Athletic, and a huge thank you to the Perth Scorchers. Make sure you get down. Mm. We're going to be live there 
this year. Every Live game. Show. Every game. Live and exclusive. Every home game. Back chat. You're gonna be you're gonna come up and speaking to us after you've won a game. Oh, I can't I'm wait. just gonna wish that into existence. I'm gonna put that out there right now. It's gonna be it was beautiful. nice speaking to you now, but it's also gonna be nice speaking to you after you've just won a game. Either with battle ball, I'm not sure which one. Full orange stripping and sweat. Amazing. Absolutely. Great. Um, I forgot I had a bucket hat on. Scorches. Uh, love yeah. it. Well done. Chat fun. Had a great time. Thanks, Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for coming, mate. Good man. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.